the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. For me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Garden Gossip, the home and garden show, with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy. Editors of BigBlendMagazine.com Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Garden Gossip Show. And today we do have some gossip. It's in East Tennessee, out in Johnson City. We are going to visit our friend Tori Cox. Tori is an awesome potter who makes these beautiful pots for your plants. And so we love that and we love her work. And so we're visiting her on her, she's in her patio with all her plants because Tori, I think you win in having the most house plants we've ever seen. So how (laughs) how are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. I'm glad to be outside. It's nice to talk to you. It's nice to see you all again. I know. Nice to see you. And you've got the awesome garden vegetables and you compost and you're, I think you guys live like completely, you coexist with nature. And I think that's really cool. And I think that connects also with your pottery because all the pottery has these beautiful earth tones, nature tones, there's colors of nature and clay is nature. Yeah. It's all connected. It's definitely of the earth. So yeah. I love playing in the mud. It's really great. So what led you to pottery? I took my first pottery class November of last year, November 2020. Oh, wow. A friend asked me if I wanted to do it with her. And we signed up for a six-week course. And I didn't really know. I've always been very crafty and interested. And I've always been some form of an artist or craftsperson. And I just got fell head over heels for it. It it just really matched um, things I like to do a little bit of like engineering brain and designing certain designs Mm. and then colors and carving. And it just really uh, hit all the right places for me. So I've been full bore since then with the pottery. I know. Now you've got a whole online shop. Everyone can go to your website. Uh, Everyone go to what? Give it to everybody. What what is the website? Because I'm going to get it wrong here. It's Tories handcrafted and Tories is like plural, but it doesn't have the, you know, the apostrophe. So it's T-O-R-I-S and then handcrafted.com. Very cool. I, I love following what you've been crafting on Instagram. That's like I, every day it was like, what's Tori making? So you've got quite a good following there of people checking out what you're making. Do you only like, you know, serve people locally or if someone buys online on your website can you ship it in the U.S.? Yeah, I do ship to um, everywhere in the U.S. Not shipping internationally yet. Um, sticking, shipping internationally is is its own bear. So yeah. right now I'm just doing the U.S. But I've shipped um, the majority of the pottery I've sold. I've actually shipped. I had a lot of experience shipping plants before I started shipping pottery. So it was hmm. an easy transition to just start selling online because I had already kind of um, done a lot of shipping through the pandemic through the plant trading hobby, which is how I kind of got into all this plant oh, wow. stuff. 
Well, look mm -hmm. at her in the plants here. So I would think shipping plants would be way more complicated than pottery. It's actually really similar. Um, plants mm -hmm. and pottery have similar needs in the male. Uh, ah. plant, plants, obviously, they need water. That's the thing that's different. But the, a lot of it is about the space in the box and the insulation. And um, it, it's a, similar things. You just have to pack them really well so they don't get damaged. So what about the um, shipping of plants across a border and that might have a disease or that? There are regulations regarding that. There are even regulations within the U.S., but as long as you're inside the U.S. Um, shipping plants for as a, like a hobby, and most of the time we try and ship them without the soil, we ship them bare root. So um, that's, that's something that if you're selling plants and you're a nursery, then you do have to get inspections, and certain states have um, stricter regulations like California mm. is yeah. a little different, but for the most part, for cuttings and things like that, it's pretty straightforward to ship them within the U.S. Actually, California seems to be different about lots of stuff. <laughs> Just uh, yeah, <laughs> with with the you know that's interesting because you know we always call it like nip and tuck when you go walking the neighborhood. You know, walk the dog. You know about this. <laughs> you walk through the neighborhood. I'm not talking plastic surgery. It's all like. Ooh, look at that leaf. Ship we'll little nip and tuck. And tuck it there in you go, propagated at home. Have you been guilty of this? Because we do want the gossip. No, actually, I, <gasps> I got pretty. Um, that <laughs> practice in the plant community is very frowned upon. Yes. Um, oh. Just because, uh, you know, like, I think it's different if you have like a neighbor and they have like an outdoor plant that and you ask them, can I get a cutting of this? You yeah. know what I mean? You're but absolutely um, right. sometimes if people have taken advantage of a, access to a plant by taking a cutting and they post it like on a mm -hmm. on a group online. They get torn to shreds because within the houseplant community, that's really considered it's, theft. Even though it's, totally it is. it's very tempting, but people really frown upon that <laughs> sort of a behavior. Well, it's kind of rape of the leaf. No, it is theft. I mean, it's like, oh, you have a uh, maybe a cushion on a chair on your porch and I'll just go take your cushion. There's no difference between that and taking a cutting off a plant. It's theft. Right? Somebody else's property and you're taking something that you don't own. Well, it's a good thing grandma's passed away. <laughs> <laughs> she would just go, she just, well, she would say, and she's elder, she's like, nobody suspects like an elder woman. I'm like, everybody <laughs> knows what you're doing. I'm like, that doesn't mean it's right, grandma, but you know. You know. Well, my, well, my mother was totally guilty of walking the neighborhood and and she used the term nip and, nip and tuck. tuck. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't know what that was as a well, kid. I do yeah. remember digging daylilies on the side of the road with my mother when I was a young oh, no girl. Way. <laughs> In the ditch because they grow wild. So it was more like transplanting them. That's a lift but... that separates. <laughs> no, but then, you know, you don't know what you're digging up. Like maybe... Up, you know species that belong and only can live there but let's just oh go. but you do know but then on. my i know my parents went out to the desert and we would come back with 
tortoises. That's wrong. That's wrong. And all kind of plants that they found there. Wrong, wrong, and wrong again. I know, I know that. <laughs> all now, our national park friends are hey, crowding I was right a now. kid. I was a kid, but they would load it up and take it back. Wrong home. and wrong and wrong again. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And it's mean and it's cruel to the tortoises, especially. Oh, that was bad. That's now, that's not a need, good thing. They really don't want lettuce. They'll eat it. But they really want their cactus and their plants that grow wild where they were raised naturally the same but anyway we digress <laughs> it's garden gossip we can talk about what we want so so tori what do you grow in your neighborhood <laughs> let's talk about that what's going on in your in the hood <laughs> in my garden yeah you've got a lot going in your garden like how if you were to count how many plants you have different species yeah. Would be be like outside in the inside or inside? In both. Like, I mean, how oh, many plants? Oh gosh. Do you... mm-hmm. Well, I have I have over two hundred house plants. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those are repeats of species, <laughs> uh, but most of them are are unique or varieties, like a, a you know a variety of a species outdoors. I don't know. We have we have like a whole you know maybe. I don't know how everything. big our garden is. We have our pretty big garden with all your standard vegetables. But the then apple I also, trees. Oh my gosh. Those are antique yeah. apple trees, right? They're like I don't know how old the the big one is pretty old. I think the younger one is probably maybe ten years old, it looks like or something like that. The big that. one being so, held up. Yeah, that's, that's pretty that's Yeah. That's, we got married under that tree. So that's it's so cool. a majestic it's a majestic old apple tree. And I also have a collection of like medicinal herbs um, and, and flowers and uh-huh. things that are perennials, especially I'm especially interested in like native um, plants that are native to here. So I have um, things that are both medicines and foods planted kind of around the periphery of the property and we actually inherited a lot of different species from the people who lived here before had planted a lot of trees and shrubs and bulbs, mm. which is something I've never really gotten too much into, Uh-oh. but there are a lot here on the property. So we're pretty overrun with plants at this point. <laughs> and, <they're healthy. laughs> and you have a lot of butterflies. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah did- my husband planted the flowers, that row of flowers in the garden specifically to attract pollinators. So it's been really nice to see the butterflies mm-hmm. are coming on it. Yeah. I, I love that you're doing medicinal herbs too, because I think we tend to run for the pill bottle when sometimes I'm not, I mean, we have to know what we're doing or taking or, you know what I mean? All of that. It's like, be cautious. So don't start, you know eating everything in your garden people and blaming me when you have an hallucination trip but you know what I mean you have to know what you're talking about but I think there's a lot of native species that we've lost I remember getting so stuck into herbs and how we're actually losing species of native herb species across the country and if we kept with our native I know things are changing as climate change is happening but if we had more of our native plants there and we utilize those herbs healing-wise within our native area, we'd, I think it, we'd be healthier as individuals. Yeah, I think having a relationship with the plants that grow in your environment is really 
critical on like many levels. Like it's simple things. Like if you get a bee sting, knowing that you can run out and grab some plantain, which I don't think is a native herb, but that grows everywhere. Um, just having a relationship with the plants around you, it makes you con- more connected to the land. And it also is empowering um, in terms of being able to take care of yourself or, you know, knowing what to do if something happens. Obviously, it's not a replacement for you know, if if there's an mm-hmm. emergency, call nine one one. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The plans, but yeah, it's I nice mean, to have those access to those things, like on a daily basis, and get to know the plants and how beautiful they are, what they can do for you, and just they're 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 beautiful and they are functional and they are they're the whole package. When you walk outside, I mean, it's so relaxing in a garden yeah. as opposed to concrete blocks and that kind of thing and there are so many native plants that yeah I my grandmother was always picking something from the garden before she would ever think of calling a doctor but nobody ever died you know if it was serious then you go get a doctor but there was a lot of things especially uh different little rashes and stuff she would go pick something from the garden mash it up and put it on you and she calls. That's what I do when I get a bug bite. I go grab some plantain and yeah. I chew it up in my mouth and put it on there. It really, it's See. as effective as anything else that I know to do. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it works. You know, it's just funny that we don't trust it so much mm-hmm. anymore. You want the mm-hmm. pill, but the pill is full of other things to make it a pill than what you need for the medication you actually need, which is sitting there in your garden sometimes. Mm. It's neat. I think it's interesting for people to learn. And I think what's cool about your pottery is that you're connecting. It's like another step of connecting. You know, you're thinking about what you're planting in the pottery. And what you've done, which is interesting on your website, you have like, well, it's on your website, but it's interesting that you're creating it. We have the semi-hydroponic, right? So- So this, tell us about that. And, and you have these doubles. And so you're, with your pottery, it's not like, oh, here's just a pretty pot you've carved. I love that you even use nature in the carvings on there. And again, like the earth colors. But, and you, I mean, you go seasonal with this. Look at the ones with the sunflower. Oh, and your sunflowers rock, by the way. <laughs> but, but when you think about it, um, with, with the different plants going in there, it, you're kind of teaching people too to have a little bit more kind of slow down with your plants and understand what they need. Yeah, well, finding the right pot for a plant is really important. And plants kind of like hermit crabs, they grow, they graduate out of their pots. So I think finding the right home for your plant and then being able to, you know, change that as the plant changes and grows is a really important skill if you're going to keep houseplants and or a lot of houseplants but the the semi-hydroponic um planters are a specific way of growing houseplants and you grow them without soil um you grow them in there's different types of what we call substrates substrates kind of like a replacement for soil but this is a piece of leca which is an expanded clay pebble and you can grow a plant completely in the leca so that it, there's no soil um, and you can get certain issues with soil. There's definitely pros and cons to both approaches. But what's nice about 
LECA is that you keep a water reservoir at the bottom of the plant. Mm -hmm. So there's water down here. And then the LECA wicks the water up to the roots mm -hmm. of the plant. And so if you've ever been either an overwaterer or an underwater, like killer plants, either way, LECA is a good choice for people who struggle with watering, um, mm. picking up the watering part of it things because it really solves that problem that's been the main benefit for me other people say it reduces pests and things like that you do have to supplement leca with nutrients for the plants because it's not soil it doesn't have all of right. the nutrients so you have to have a supplement um like a mm -hmm. fertilizer and that sort of thing to to help with it too um so it's a little bit, it can be a little bit more complicated than soil. But for me, any plants that I have trouble with maintaining my water, I move them to LECA and it just helps with that. That's, That's really nice. cool. Yeah. yeah. So would you do that for outdoor plants too? Yeah, you can. Um, I don't hmm. have as much trouble with my outdoor plants with soil issues because um, plants outdoors they get a lot of sun and they get a lot of airflow and there's a lot of those things that like the ha house environment is like harder to grow a plant in sometimes mm. outdoors in the summertime. They're usually pretty happy and I don't have a lot of the same problems. So most of the plants that I'm doing this with are indoor tropical house plants. Mm. Very cool. So, so it again goes with clay, right? So that's where your semi hydroponic would, okay. Could people use soil for the semi hydroponic? Pots. Some of them, like this, um, this one right here is a two-piece uh, planter, um, and this one you could use with soil because it the holes are at the mm. bottom, and so the water can drain all the way out. For a, a house plant, you and I know this kind of goes the opposite of what I just said about the semi-hydro, but for <laughs> house plants growing in soil, you don't want them to have a pool of water at the bottom because it will rot their roots. Mm, and right. overwatering and root rot is one of the main reasons that house plants yeah. die. So this system where you have the holes at the bottom and you have a second piece would work. You just wouldn't keep water in the saucer. Yeah. Right. Whereas the one I just showed, this one, you wouldn't want to use because the holes are actually up here. And anytime you watered your plant, you would get a pool of water at the bottom. So like this, not safe for soil, but this one and some of my other ones are safe for soil. Wow. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. This is so cool. And then you, the, the roots need to breathe. Within the soil, and they need to breathe. And when you saturate them with water from the top, and then it, it comes down at the bottom, now you're pretty much putting your plant in a swimming pool, and there's no yes. for them. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. One night, one goal. Stop suicide. On June 3rd, Washington, D.C. will host the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's Out of the Darkness Overnight Walk. 
For the last 20 years, people have described the overnight as one of the most powerful experiences of their lives. Now is the perfect time for you to join us as people from all over the country come together to send a message of love and hope. Walk over 16 miles from dusk till dawn to raise funds and awareness for suicide prevention. See the landmarks of Washington, D.C. by moonlight. Form lasting friendships, experience healing, and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Join us. Be a part of something extraordinary. June 3rd in Washington, D.C. Register today at TheOvernight.org or call 888-THE-OVERNIGHT. That's TheOvernight.org or 888-843-6837. Yeah. And you don't want them to be in a chlorine swimming pool, isn't that right? No. No. They need to breathe. They need the oxygen, so... You have to make sure there's always a little bit of dry something somewhere hmm. so they can breathe. Yeah. And if you are growing plants in soil, the composition of your soil is really important. Mm-hmm. I mix my own soil. I do not buy potting soil from the store. I actually buy the ingredients and mix it myself because I figured cool. out how, what soil composition works for me, the way I water. Some people need a denser soil because they I'm an overwaterer, so I go like the most airy, the biggest chunk, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but everyone needs to figure out what works for them, their plants, their growing environment. The, that's interesting. You're mixing your own soil. So do you do soil tests, like a litmus test to see how this, the nutrients or you just kind of know the feel? Oh, it's just like a recipe. It's like one part pumice, one part worm castings. I do um uh, i'm trying to think of the other ingredients offhand perlite so i just have like a recipe and i mix it all up now are you going to share the recipe yeah i just have to remember it offhand because it's always changing let's see i do i do one part cocoa core which is the stuff cool. that holds water i do one part perlite one mm-hmm. part pumice Mm. one part worm castings and then I do half part activated charcoal horticultural charcoal if it's a big plant like not a baby plant I also put in orchid bark chunks into it and that helps make the soil like chunky but baby plants I don't put that in because until they get like a pretty good root system sometimes that's like too chunky for them yeah so that's my that's my formula which that's probably going to be different next week because I'm always like tweaking it it's almost like in a way you have to tweak it per plant family yeah, I that's a whole other level. You hit the nail on the head because mm. when I plant up a syngonium, which is a plant that doesn't like to dry out as much as mm. a philodendron, when yeah. I plant up a syngonium, I actually try and get the like heavier part of the soil. Like mm. when I scoop it out of my mixture, I just try and get like the heavy parts from the bottom. Whereas if it's a plant that really doesn't like to be wet, like a, f- a lot of the right. philodendrons do not mm-hmm. like wet feet, I'll actually scoop from like the top where the more chunky is. But it's just a lot of times it's just like a feel like th- that feel of like, I feel like this is right. And sometimes I get it wrong and the plant isn't happy, but mm-hmm. you, you do tweak it for what type of plant you're working with. Right. right. And one of the things I've learned is 
that when your plant, she's normally green leafed, starts getting yellow at the edges, that's overwatering. Yeah, that's that a is, sign. Yep. If you're not watering enough, it doesn't get yellow at the edges. That's a whole different look. It wilts. Yeah. Overwatered plants can also wilt. But that stripe of yellow around the edge of the leaf, that's an overwatering thing. Yeah. And if that happens, you should get the plant out of the soil ASAP. Like, yeah. don't let it sit, like, don't put, it, sit up, put it at the yeah. top of your to-do list to get the, the plant out. And you can treat them with diluted hydrogen peroxide, and that will help them. But you need to move them into oh. a completely different soil so that it doesn't have that rotten bacteria in it yeah. anymore. And then, like, let it not be watered for a little while and then water it like a week later with hydrogen peroxide. Wow. I didn't know you could do that. Wow. Yeah. It's really interesting if you water a plant that has root rot Mm -hmm. with hydrogen peroxide. You know how hydrogen peroxide gets bubbles and gets warm? Like, you'll see the soil will get bubbly with it if it's got bad root rot. Wow. But, oh, I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like weird science. It, yeah, like you could have done it to some of my plants because a couple of mine are looking bad. So. Oh, it's, like a, it's okay. It happens. It's like the like a dentist planter person. <laughs> you know? it's like, yeah, the chompers. Oh, both have wide, put in the hydrogen and go, oh, you got the black. Listen, <laughs> hydrogen peroxide, I think, is one of the most miracle things ever. It, that, oh, and, does. that and apple cider vinegar those two mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. do so much you can just yeah fix so much so but now you also do macrame i do yeah. macrame I is that. more of a labor that's of love. cool I love um it. yeah it uh i uh, well i i knit and i saw these planters i've got one right here um that are really easy to make if anyone is a knitter who's listening this is a That's really beautiful. easy um hanger and all it is is a, a square like when you learn to knit a lot of times you will knit like a washcloth or something well this yeah. is basically a washcloth and then the two things are attached to the edges and then when you put the plant in it it kind of like stretches out and then oh. gives it this cool shape but really wow. this is a super easy That's shape cool. it's just a knit square and I, wow. I think this is a really cool thing if anyone is is a knitter this is an easy plant hanger to make could you do that through crochet you could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I would for think sure. crochet. A crochet is not as stretchy as oh, knitting right, is. It's so, but it would it would still work. It you might not work. get quite the the dramatic fingers coming up and over, but it, it should get work. Short yeah. ones. I saw something that you posted, I think it was on Instagram where you did a macrame, but it had like leaf patterns coming down. Yeah, I oh, cool. I make these single um, I don't have one handy, but um, I do make these and it has like a vine pattern that goes through it. That's one of my favorites it's to do. Really cool. That's, cool. That's really cool. You. I mean, I That's remember macrame when I was, you know, a kid and it was out mm-hmm. in the 60s and 70s, you know, it was a big mm-hmm. deal. And I used to make um, macrame earrings when we lived in South Africa. It was a thing. Mm-hmm. We called it macrame over there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a hard time even saying it now. I'll go back. I'll start macrame. sounding Dutch again. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, macrame. <laughs> That's what we called it. Macrame. But I used to do, because I used to make jewelry and I used to make earrings and they would just twirl mm-hmm. around these little danglies twirl just because of mm-hmm. the tension of the stitch, which was yeah. fun to do. 
you know, but yeah. you did jewelry, you did jewelry too. I do. Yeah. I didn't make these. I'm not responsible for these, but I, I've been working with jewelry for a long time, probably close to 20 years at this point. I started out by playing with the copper. Um, mm. My dad is a contractor and on the job site, I would play oh, yeah. with the like extra little bits of copper wire when they were wiring a house. And so Ooh. I've been playing with copper since I was like the little kid. And that's still my my favorite um, metal to use. So I will like shape things out of copper and then hammer them on the anvil and make things that are like monstera leaves or I just do like a lot of hoops and dangly things out of copper. Very I don't cool. sell that stuff. That's more a labor of love. I just focus on the pottery, but the the jewelry is a passion of mine. Now, do you go and sell at like local flea markets and farmers markets and things like that? I mostly do like art pop-ups mm-hmm. or vendor events at local plant shops because most of my pottery is plant related. So I've been mostly trying to do things like that. Um, and then sometimes they have local craft shows and I've, I've done a couple of those. Um, I don't have a lot of time. I'm actually a grad student studying, getting a master's in computer mm-hmm. science. So I oh have my to God, she's in a where I can. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. No, yeah. yo, you should be proud of it because you're good at it, what you're doing. I think this is cool, all the science with the plant. That's so cool. I, I geek out on biology. I love it. I just want to see cells moving around and do all kinds of weird things. It's cool. That's cool. But now, okay, so you've got this, you've got a shopping cart, you've got a business going. Did you think that would happen from, you know, it really does start with your love of plants. So, so did you have plants as kids, like, as a kid? Like, did, you'd like, you know. My mom was- had a big ficus tree, I remember. Mm. But no, not a lot of plants. My mom um, knows a lot about plants and she has an extremely green thumb, but she doesn't, um, she doesn't keep a lot of them. So I didn't get into plants until I bought my first house in my early thirties. And I started Mm -hmm. buying house plants to keep in my house. And that was how I got in the house plants, but I didn't, we didn't really have much of a garden. Um, when I was growing up, a lot of this stuff is newer to me from like my twenties and Mm thirties. Okay. So garden gossip time. We want the gossip Gossip now. now. You get to go house it because I know you know about house sitting anywhere anywhere in the world like if you could go to anyone's house and house sit where would you go and what three plants would you take with you (laughs) but what about whose house would you yeah that's what I'm saying whose house is it are you going to house it but what three plants would you take with you just you know for company that you must have them for that experience because I know you have to talk to your plants there's no way you well, don't talk to them, right? <laughs> I don't really talk to my plants. I know a lot of people do. I don't really talk to mine. I'm wow. not an inanimate object talker, I guess. I don't know. Do, do, not that they're uh, inanimate objects. But, uh, yeah, you know. but do you play music for them? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> she just makes them soil, Nancy. She plays Dude. with worm poop and compost. Dude. But how many says that you have like the composting deluxe? I think you've got yeah. like a good composting system that's yeah, intense. Yeah, I have too many streams. Yeah. So that's what so you're doing. I, yeah, that's I'm not cool. sure I can think of like an individual person that I would want to house it for, like that I know personally. But I think one place that would be amazing to visit um, would be the Philippines. Like if I could 
go visit a plant person. The Philippines have like a pretty amazing set of biodiversity and with it being like an island nation, I would love to find another plant person there or somewhere in like a tropical region and just go and learn about how like plants, not necessarily house plants, but um, just like the plants of a really different um, environment than the one that I know right now. So well, it's uh, tropical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tropical. you'll have the humidity. You know about that. Why yeah. tropical? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that yeah. sounds cool, so, though. I mean, yeah, the Philippines. That would be fun. That would be fun. Now, what plants would you take there to introduce to them? Hmm. I heard this really interesting story about how someone from a tropical place took a dandelion with them, a dandelion seed back with them and then tried to grow it. And they were so (laughs) proud. They like had it on their mantle when it like sprouted and got a flower and they were so proud and they showed it Mm -hmm. off, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting that things that are everyday occurrences or even nuisances for us in other places are you know, a novelty. And I feel like that's what the house plant community, like a lot of these plants are very common or some of them are even invasive species in other places. And um, Mm -hmm. like, uh, I think Monstera is the big Swiss cheese plants. I think some places they are (laughs) an invasive species. I don't know. Uh I was reading a little bit about it, but I think it would be cool to take some, um, some like local plants that we have here maybe um something that's like native to this region like our those big oxide daisies that we have I think are really cool um or any of the like uh just the medicinal plants that we have um in this region I think would be fun to take over and just kind of like show show them maybe aloes aloes might be good I don't know where aloes are from. Do I know you? they're in Africa. Africa they and, and Mexico. Yeah. They were there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, grew up with, oh, they're African. Af- there's African aloes, but I think they're also in South oh, America. I don't know if it's native, but one really cool plant is jewelweed. Do you know about jewelweed? Yes. With the little popping flowers. That would Pretty. be a really cool thing to take. That would to be cool. Show. Pokeberry. Yeah. Pokeberry. Oh, yeah. Pokeberry. People here eat poke salat, which is um, when pokeweed is really, really small. This is like a mountain thing, I think. Uh, I don't know a lot about it, but I'm not from here. But when the pokeweed is very small, you can cut it and eat it. It, It's poisonous when it's full size. Not like killing poisonous, but, you know, (laughs) like not, you know, like you don't really want to eat it when it's big. And I think the berries are a little poisonous. (laughs) But when it's small... This is Oh, I've never heard of that. Gotcha oh. Brandy. Is that it? Maybe. Yeah. I'm not an expert on that. <laughs> but but so you can eat it when <laughs> it's small. I have had pokes a, pokes a lot. So um when I lived we're in the mountains here, but I lived a little bit further up in them. So oh, pokeweed. Pokeweed is cool when it's little. Well, we used to eat miners' lettuce. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if you get it. We'd get it in California when we lived in the mountains. Miner's lettuce and eat that. It's it's not uh, super common here. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty rare. So mm-hmm. well, this um, is cool. I haven't eaten it. I've seen it once, but I haven't, I haven't eaten it. I grow a, a plant called Sochan. I don't actually know 
a whole lot about it and I probably should, but I know it as a Native American food and a green and it grows mm. these beautiful um like yellow sunflowers that are nice cool. too. See, um, yeah. I think we should have a party where we have everyone call in from around the world and they bring a native plant that oh that'd be fun. like a native plant party. Because people shy away from native plants and don't realize the beauty of these flowers of them too, you know? Yeah. It's just like even when you go hiking and then like it happened in Arkansas and I know here where we are in North Carolina, you're hiking and all of a sudden there's a magnolia tree in the middle of, you know, it's a hardwood yeah. forest, but then here's in Louisiana. I flipped out the first time when I saw a magnolia tree in a forest. Everyone's looking mm. at me like, so what? That they grow here. I'm like, dude, you only see them like in downtowns, all manicured. This is a magnolia and it's blooming in a forest. This is like real stuff, <laughs> you know, just totally flipping out. And, you know, I people think I'm nuts, but I still can't. I mean, I'm still over just magnolias out in the forest like they belong. Just trip me out that you but see. They came them. from somewhere. Yeah. You know? So you go to where they came from. Mm. You're like, oh you're not in, you're not from a big box store yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well tori it has been so much fun chatting with you good gossip <laughs> thank got you some good gossip. yeah it's really fun yeah. i learned i learned a lot this is great. <laughs> let's go <laughs> have some poke any salad <laughs> but let's yeah, know people. i wonder if that i, I want to have some now oh good let's see if it's i wonder if it's related you're gonna to have that. to wait till till spring Okay. Yeah, because right now the poke berries, trees or bushes, shrubby things are big with berries. Yeah. The berries it's are a, out. It's a springtime thing. Yeah, and you don't want to eat the purple berries. You got to be careful of the purple berries. You'll see things. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so everyone, Tori'sHandcrafted.com is the website, and she's on Facebook under Tori's Handcrafted and Instagram under Tori's Handcrafted. You got to follow her on Instagram. It's fun to follow and see all the new creations she's got and it's been super fun thank you for joining us thank here you on so Gossip. much you thank take you care. you too plant take out care. here comes plant the finger do it. Uh -oh. do it oh she's doing it oh, oh. <laughs> Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.